I'm now joined for the next section of the podcast this week for Cove Rangers fan David. David, how are you this evening? Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem at all. We unfortunately, we missed out getting you on before the, the game earlier this season as I was away on holiday at the time. So it was, uh, it was a little bit difficult getting recordings. But you were obviously down at the Rex that day, made your, your debut on Wasp TV commentating uh, alongside Lewis. Yeah, I did. And Lewis was such a professional. He kind of guided me through it and did most of the talking. So I just interjected at various points. But it was a... Uh, Mike's first debut to have on commentary. Oh, you get your uh, you get your chance to do as much talking as you want about your beloved Cove Rangers um, on the podcast now. As we kind of kind of turn it over to yourself, I wanted to start. Cause we're kind of talking there just before we started recording that the Cove Rangers season for me has been one of the more interesting kind of stories of of League One this season. I, I think you know talking there about the game at the Rex, I have to say the the Cove Rangers team that came down there for me were a shadow of what we've seen in League One two seasons prior. And it was, you know, looking from the outside, a pretty poor start to the, the season for Cove Rangers. That's obviously changed, you know, dramatically in the last two, three months. How would you, you know, how would you sum up the, the season so far? Currently sitting third in, in League One, nine points behind the top two. Yeah, how would you sum it up? The whole year has been a kind of roller coaster ride, to be fair, um, <laughs> ever since Hartley rejoined in January. Um, and he made about 10 signings in the January window most of them were terrible <laughs> and he um, needs to shoulder a lot of the blame for the relegation um, a lot of the fans would think that as well and then uh, obviously we went down on goal difference on the final day of the season and then we turned full time uh, or hybrid in the summer Yeah, and a lot of fans thought we were going to see some pretty tasty signings but it was evident in the preseason and looking at all the trialists we were fielding that that was not going to be the case. And perhaps there wasn't the big war chest um, there for his disposal. Um, and the season started almost as I thought it would. Um, we had, I think, 20 new signings in the summer. Um, and a lot of them looked really, really, really poor. Um, and it was going to take time to gel together um, and it was a rocky start Um, I think we lost we've lost three all season and actually only uh, I think Aki's beat us on the first day of the season we lost 2-1 to Queen of the South at home and then we lost to Alloa and Alloa down at the Rex was the last league game we've lost and that was September so it's fair picked up since then um, with kind of 11 undefeated and eight straight wins. And if you asked any co-fan, they certainly wouldn't have expected that to happen. Um, we were conceding goals left, right and centre. Um, we didn't look to have kind of any potency in their attack. We looked, like you said, the shadow of the team from a couple of years ago. Um, and to be honest, I still think we're papering over the cracks a little bit. Um and there's no no doubt in that since the the thing the game changer has been Fraser Fivey. Fivey came yeah. back against Kelty and we haven't been beat since. Um he's just a completely different level of player to what we've got, apart from Burrell, who I'm sure we'll talk about who's been on fire. 
Perfect. You, you, you've kind of led me to kind of that, that next kind of question I was going to say. I mean, as you say there, you know, 11, undefe- you know, 11 unbeaten in total, including the cup games, eight wins on the, on the bounce in the league. As you say, no, you know, no defeat since the, the visit to the next, you know, 10 games without defeat in the league. And you've seen how much that's catapulted Cove way back up the up the table. My question was going to be what what has caused that that difference? And I, I thought you know, I thought Fizafire might be a name we, we mentioned at some point. As you say, big difference with him being back, but it looks like you might be without him going forward. Yeah, I think so. Um he's been supposedly talking to a surgeon this week to discuss options around a knee injury that he picked up at Montrose. Uh back in mid-November um, so if he requires surgery if he's out for any length of time it's going to severely hamper us and we'll need to dip into the the loan market or sign try and sign somebody in January that would fill his shoes because it's obviously very much needed we don't have a player like him you know he he gives the final pass he gives the composure the control on the ball yeah um, his experience is just is vital um so yeah I mean, he probably saved he alone probably saved Hartley his job is a, a feeling a lot uh, amongst a lot of the co-fans i can't uh, i can't believe with, with his connections with the club there's even a question of uh of, of, <laughs> of, of paul hartley's job being in uh being in question but you, you mentioned there about roman Perel as well coming to him is just a second i wanted to ask about about paul mcgowan he's He's obviously a player that's, that's well known from his time, especially at Dundee. We've seen a little bit of him um, to what in the second half of last season uh, when he was at Dunfermline and, and playing against Alwa. Then I was, I was, I, I was a little bit surprised that Cove got. I, I, I thought he may end up at Dunfermline again this season, and I thought when he signed for for Cove, I thought having seen him at the tail end of the season, I know his his legs have maybe gone a little bit, and he's not quite the player he was. But I thought that was a, I thought that was a decent bit of business having that kind of experienced head in the middle of the park how's he been this year he split the opinion of the co-fans definitely um i would have rather the money was spent elsewhere than paul mcgowan coming in he's very focal on the pitch but it's quite a lot of it can be construed as negative he's he's on top of the players for any kind of mistake they make um I don't really know what he's bringing. He's a little bit quicker version of Ian Figers, yeah. um, but he hasn't got the range of passing. Um, I don't know. He's like I would easily have Blair Ewell or Connor Scully in the middle with Fivey in in McGowan's place. But if we could find a winger, that might still happen. But obviously Hartley and McGowan have a connection going back and part of the reason why he came to the club so is he undroppable because he's Hartley's uh, <laughs> Hartley's uh, stellar signing uh, I'm, I'm not too sure uh, but personally I would I would try and recruit a winger to put him on the bench or um, give him less game time you mentioned about wingers quite quite an interesting because it, it's one thing I would say about the the Cove squad looking from the outside, as you say, I mean, the amount of signings that Hartley's made, you know, over the last, you know, year and a bit that since he's, he's been back in it, it's, it looks a little bit unbalanced. It, there seems to be a lot of central midfielders and then look kind of moving on to the forward line as well. You know, Kyle Connell, Mitch Meganson obviously is, is still there. And the man we mentioned previously, Ramon Burrell, 
it, it seems as a, is it a little bit of imbalance within the squad? Definitely. Um, at the start, we've kind of plugged it a little bit because we've got Michael Doyle, ex-Watts, Loney. Yeah. He's come in and he's been tremendous as a right back. Like he's getting up and down the line, doing right back, right wing back. Uh, on the other side, obviously we used to have Harry Milne as a left wing back. Yeah, and he was obviously tremendous for us, and we're never going to replace him with the same quality. And we haven't. The guy Jacob Jones is is okay, but he'll get found out against better teams. And then, uh, so we don't true truly have two great wing backs, and we don't really play with wingers. We're putting Blair Yule on right wing, Connor Scully on the left wing, and both of those want to play centrally. Um, so yeah, we we don't have width. I mean, I look at the Falkirk side, and they're blessed with wide options, and you know, yeah. I would really like a bit of that. Um, but to be honest, we don't really have the strikers to throw high balls into the box either. So I, I can almost see how he's adapt. Hartley is kind of adapted to maybe play to his strikers' strengths rather than uh, than just for wide men but I hope it's something that we address in the window and we do take in a wide man as an option You mentioned Harry Milne there for, for me that um, championship winning team um, of two seasons ago in, in League One for me Harry Milne was, was my player of the season just just for me just Pip Dillon Easton for, for player of the season he was absolutely outstanding no surprise at all to see him you know the move that he, that he got to Partick and, he, and you know he seems to have kind of flourished as well um, when he initially joined them, we'll turn to turn to Saturday. Then I'll start with. I mean, you mentioned there about five. He looks like he, he'll potentially be missing. Would have seen a red card last week. With I think it was Kerr was sent off um, in the Cove game last week. How do you think Cove are likely to line up on Saturday against Alloa? Um, we were also missing Nick Suman, the Aussie keeper we brought in in the summer. He's been an outstanding signing and got him on a two-year deal. So I think some clubs from higher up the tree are already looking at him. Um, it's kind of rumours I've heard. But hopefully he returns um, this weekend. Um, I probably think that um, Kyle Connell might get a shout. Uh, he might play wide left and Scully might play in the middle with McGowan and Yule on the right. That's certainly how 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 I would do it. Yeah. And then uh, Burrell and Mitch up top. Um, so I don't think there'll be many changes, just possibly the one uh, change there. Um, oh, sorry, the one change and then the one enforced with Kerr being suspended. Perfect. And I always, always, whenever I've got my guests on, I always wrap up with, we get a prediction for, um, for Saturday. Obviously, we've seen the Wasps getting the win at the game at the Rex earlier in the, in the season. Unfortunately, from an Allah point of view, when you look back over our um, over our results up in up in the northeast, it's not happy viewing that season that we mentioned. Where Cove won the league, we went down three 0 in both the both the matches. You guys are obviously on a, a hell of a run just now. You've got Falkirk playing Hamilton as well on Saturday. Is this a chance for Cove to to close the gap at the top potentially? I hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're hoping for a draw in that game and. Um... This will be a difficult game for us, even though we're on the run that we're on. Um, I still feel that it's going to be tight, um, and it's just the confidence that we've got over the last ten game, eleven games. Hopefully, it can 
get us over the line. So, um, you know, a draw wouldn't surprise me here, but hopefully we sneak a narrow win and go for 2 1. It's, uh, I can't believe I'm going to gonna say this. I think it's, it's about the only the second time probably they've been doing the podcast, but I'm I'm actually predicting a an Alloa defeat as well. And a two one is the is the scoreline I kind of see. I I think from an Alloa point of view, we've seen a lot of good against against Hamilton last Saturday. Um, we're obviously it's difficult to say we're in we're in a bit of a transition because it's a, a managerial change mid season. You know, it's not. We haven't had a transfer window yet for Andy, and and Andy with with him being an internal appointment, it's it's not really transformational, but it kind of feels there is a bit of transition going on. And I think the three games we've had, we've seen some good, some okay, and and some bad. If I look back at the Edinburgh game, I think for me, Saturday's just it's maybe a little bit early for me and Andy's reign. I think you look at our historical results up there, it's. It's we obviously find it a very very difficult place to go. Um, fingers crossed on Saturday. It's not like a couple of years ago when the when the mist or the fog rolled in, uh, causing the game to get delayed. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same as yourself. I'm I can see Cove winning this. I think you guys are just on. I think you guys just have so much momentum just now. I think you know obviously things are starting to click, and I suppose that the only bit really that I can kind of hold out a bit of hope from from our side is, you know, missing 5 is that going to weaken you, you guys enough that we can control the midfield? I don't know. I can I can see a narrow cold win as well, if I'm being honest. I do like the the signing, the kind of late loan signings that Wrights did make. I thought yeah. um, Taylor Steven um, is a good addition. Bobby Wells, I think he's durable. <laughs> Hopefully he can just <laughs> yeah. wait another week. Um, and then obviously Ali Roy is uh, a signing coming in from East Kilbride. That's really good business. I, I, you know, as soon as you made that signing, although he hasn't been prolific elsewhere, Queen of the South, I, I always thought there was a player there. Um, yes, yeah, so you've got firepower, um, and I like your wing backs as well. I like uh, Cami O'Donnell or Ewan Devaney, whoever you go with, and then you've got tags on the the other side. So. It's. Uh, I think you've got potential to hurt us. Um, uh, we just need to. We've got Burrell as well. So if we can get Burrell kind of one on one with Morgan or Dabayo or whoever you have in the middle, then uh, that could be an avenue for success for us. But I think it'll be tight. Yeah, I mean, my hope is that we we make more of a game than we do the the previous two visits up there because it's. I mean, we really haven't laid a glove. Um, on Cove away from home, um, you know, done okay at home, but they were um, they were poor results. I would say I think I think you kind of touched on something. They would probably have a bit more firepower now than we did. You know, looking back to those those games two years ago, we probably are in a slightly better place that way. And you mentioned that Bobby Wales, the guy has done everything but score so far. So hopefully, he can uh, he can break his duck on on Saturday. I'll wrap things up there, David. Thanks very much for, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, no doubt we'll have you on before the, the next game. It feels like ages since we've played Cove, but I've got a feeling we'll play you guys maybe again in about February or something like that. I think it's quite relatively short between the, the next two games. I, I say to my guests that each week when I have the one, I'd wish you the best of luck on Saturday, but I'd be lying through my teeth. <laughs> no, thanks for having me on, and I'll uh, make sure that I'm 
keep on watching the WhatsApp Nets podcast because I have been since the last game at the Rex and uh, I've been enjoying it. Enjoying it. Good listening.